Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Smoke the Podcast, episode two. Yes, episode two. It's been a little while. It has been a while. Um, apologies. <laughs> uh, we will start get doing these more often, um, but we do have some busy schedules. Absolutely. Um, so let's get into it. Cool. Today, what do we have for cigars? Uh, so we have a Bal Moral. Um, I believe I'm pronouncing it correct. It's a it's a, a cigar I picked up on my trip to Italy um, in the duty-free store in the airport. Um, I was told it's an everyday smoke, so it's more of just a general everyday cigar. Um, so it's not anything too fancy. Um, but uh, from what I hear, it's a just a pretty even light, uh, maybe medium bodied, but more on more on the lighter side. So again, I don't really know much about it, um, but I'm excited to try it. Sounds good. And for our whiskey today, we have Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, I'm just going to... We'll, we'll leave it for the taste test to see how we like it. I'll explain it more once we start drinking it. Um, let's just uh, talk about the topic today is going to be the dub opener. Right. Hunting. So that was... over. Well, almost a month ago um, now. So what's today's the 30th? Of yes, September? that was actually about a month ago. Yeah, so it was September 1st, obviously, is Dove Opener um, across the nation. And so, yeah, we'll be covering that. And then um, kind of it's obviously going to be a mix of firearms and hunting because um, they go hand in hand. Yes. Um, so that should cover it. And then I think we are going to go over what kind of setup we use and just kind of obviously talk about the trip and everything. So. Yeah, the, the trip. Um, I actually went on two trips. Um, we'll be going over our loadouts and things like that. Perfect. So let's get into the cigar. Okay. Um, we'll get into lighting these things. Um, I'll let you light up first. All right. Uh, these things are pre-cut. The Bal Balmoral. Uh, yes. It says Dominican, which I mean, I'm assuming it's Dominican tobacco. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From from what I was able to find out on it, that really that's all I know is that it's Dominican tobacco. It's an everyday smoking kind of cigar, um, and they are pre-cut. Um, these are the tubos, though, the Corona tubos. Um, so obviously they're a little bit thinner um, and, and a tad longer than what I typically smoke, which is a Robusto. Um, but again, I don't think they should be too strong. I think they should smoke pretty, uh, pretty good. And not being a, a cigar expert, um, I think that these smell pretty sweet. Yeah, and they and it's and uh, not like fake sweet, but yeah, 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 not like a uh, like a sweetened. Flavored, yeah, not like an acid, like a flavored cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just definitely more of a lighter, sweeter scent. Okay, let me so, go ahead and light up. Okay, perfect. I'll give you my initial thoughts. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's get it going. Actually, that's, that's lighting up pretty evenly there, too. I was, I'm surprised. From what I can see, at least. Oh, wow. The, smell, the smoke on that just sitting near you smells very, very good. Yes, it does. Yeah, it, does. it has, definitely has a very good uh, smell. Um, I'll give it a few, about to the first third before um, yeah. I can kind of tell you about the flavor a little bit. Um, it's it's actually pretty cool having having it pre-cut. I mean, I've smoked some pre-cut cigars around here before. Um, and I, I've noticed um, that with the pre-cut cigars, it's hit or miss on the draw. Um, this one... Uh, again, we have a few others of these that we can smoke, but this one has a really great draw for being pre-cut. Yes, um, I like the draw a lot. It's not uh, crazy loose. 
it's not super tight. It's actually about what I'm looking for in a cigar. Um, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not a cigar expert, so um, I, I don't know how how most people like theirs. But yeah, this is this is good. I like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the initial puffs. Um, usually on a cigar, you know, just because it's so hot when you're initially lighting it, you're, you're drawing in a lot more heat than you normally would when, when you're getting further into the body, even just a, a few, uh, um, a few puffs beyond that. Um, even, even with lighting, with the intensity of the heat that comes with lighting, um, this was still pretty, pretty smooth and pretty, pretty, uh, lightweight. Yeah. It, it didn't get bitter at all when I lit mine. I will say though, the, the flavor is not very intense on this. No. Uh pretty mild. Yeah. Um it's almost it's almost I don't want to say um I don't want to say flavorless because obviously there is some flavor in there. Um but yeah, there's I'm not really picking up any anything distinct um if that makes sense. Yeah, I would say that this would probably be for your they 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 call it the everyday smoker and it's probably for uh people that don't uh, collect cigars. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, it's just something uh, maybe a habit that they have, or yeah, or uh, or I mean, honestly, for the beginning smoker, these would be these would be great. You know, yeah, definitely for the beginning smoker. Yeah, um, someone... not not gonna overpower you. I, I can I can tell that it's not going to um, make you dizzy, dizzy or anything yeah. like that. You're not gonna get a head change. You know, yeah, it's not very, gonna very get mild. that. Yeah, exactly. You could totally enjoy this. Um, obviously, we we. Uh, you know, we smoke more often than I would say a, a beginning smoker. At least I do. Um, uh, and in, in fact, to the point where I don't need to eat or anything before smoking. But um, I would say that if, if, if you were going to skip a meal and, and, and have a smoke or even have something like earlier in the morning or something like that, this would be the one that I'd go to because it, it is just real smooth and really light. So let's uh, let's move on to the whiskey. All right. Let's get into this Basil Hayden's. I'm telling you, dude, that sounds like a name, a general, gender neutral name, Basil Hayden. <laughs> Basil Hayden. That would definitely be a, you know what a, I'm a saying? different name. Uh, so according to Basil Hayden's website, uh, this is supposed to have spice tea with a hint of peppermint on the aroma. Uh, the taste is supposed to be spicy, light bodied with a gentle bite. And the finish dry, clean, and brief. Um, whatever that means to you, <laughs> I'm gonna taste it. I'm gonna tell you if I like it or not. <laughs> I'll try and match those notes if I can. Um, but yeah, by no means are we uh, whiskey experts um, either. I'm an expert in the fact that I know I'm I'm not an expert. <laughs> so the initial pour has happened. Cheers. Uh, let's see. What are you getting off that aroma? It, you know, it's not overly uh, overly strong, or you know, you know how you you smell some of the uh, not even just whiskey, but just hard alcohol in general. You get that real strong bite. I'm not getting that at all. It's not overpowering. You can actually take kind of a big whiff of that without you know it burning your nostrils. I definitely smell the spice. I don't know if necessarily know if I smell a hint of peppermint. Definitely some sweetness in there. Um, could be peppermint. I don't know. I, I got to be honest with you. I don't taste any peppermint in that. <laughs> oh, I think they just sang about the aroma with the peppermint. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, it, you can definitely taste it. It's spicier than like a typical bourbon. Yes, um, definitely. Yeah. it's. It, I don't know what what kind of spice, um, you know, if, if it's like a, 
I mean, I, I'm just throwing this out there. I have absolutely no idea. Like, a, if it's more like a cinnamon or like or some kind. Like, I have no idea. But it's definitely got a, like a little bit of a a bite to it, but not a bad bite. Like a good, like I don't know, good flavor, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely got a good flavor. Not very strong. Mm. -mm. Um, it's pretty goes down smooth. Very smooth. Yeah. Um, it's 80 proof. Uh, this whiskey has actually started was. Uh, uh, they started distilling uh, in in seventeen ninety six, so oh, it's wow. very very old. Um, it says on the bottle that Kentucky was four years old at the time. Oh wow! And George Washington <laughs> was the president. Wow! So that's pretty cool. It's, hey, it's been around seventeen ninety six. That's only twenty years after America became a yes. nation. So <laughs> <laughs> it's almost as old as America itself. That's pretty cool. I can get behind that. I definitely like it. Yeah, it's super smooth. Uh, um, even with the note, like I said, even with that, the spice isn't overwhelming. It's actually like a good flavor to it. Yeah, I, I can definitely drink this every day. Yeah, so we're both drinking it on the rocks. Um, I would assume neat. It might be a tad stronger. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, as the ice melts too, it's gonna even probably smooth out more. Um, not that it really needs to. But, that, that's but yeah. what I like in whiskeys. I like the ice to melt just a little bit. Um, that that that's kind of where not where it's completely melted, but where the ice is maybe melted down like a third. Okay. That yeah. that's where I like to drink it. I know a lot of people drink whiskey with a shot of water in it. Right. Yeah. Which would kind of maybe give you the same kind of effect. Yeah. Uh, but I like it cold, so... Yeah, definitely. It, yeah, it, it definitely enhances the flavor for me. All right, so now that we've got our cigars lit and our uh, whiskey poured... Yeah. Let's get into it. Okay, Dove let's opener. go for it. Dove opener. Well, uh, for those of you listening, this is actually my second um, Dove opener. And this was my first Dove opener. First Dove opener. So... Um, you know, I will say this, um, you know, I can briefly go over my first dove opener, um, just simply by saying it was, it was, uh, there were a ton of birds. Um, it was pretty easy to limit out for those, of those guys that, that shot really well. Um, honestly, I probably should have limited out my first time out, but again, it was my first time out. First time really just shooting a shotgun at anything other than trap and skeet. Um, and, and dove definitely moved faster than that. So, uh, you know, you, you shoot off probably more shells than you'd like to admit, but it's fun. It's, it's a blast. Um, literally, um, <laughs> pun intended on that. Um, but this year was definitely different. I mean, that first year, um, last year, the, the dove were just everywhere. They're flying all over the place. You had a constant target. Like there was, there was no downtime. Um, whereas this year was definitely slower. Um, but I mean, we still got a lot of shots off and I think, um, a few of the guys did get their limit, but, um, again, it was all about field placement at that point. Um, you know, yeah. So, uh, where we go, we're from Southern California. Uh, we go to the Imperial Valley. Yep. Uh, a little town called Nylon out by the Salton Sea. Very popular, uh, for hunting. There's a bunch of fields out there. And uh, like Ryan said, I didn't go last year, but uh, I did hear stories, and there was a lot of birds. Yeah. Um, I've heard people describe it last year as uh, there's so many birds that you're going to have to let birds go by to reload your shotgun because you only have the three shells. <laughs> yeah. This year was definitely not like that. No, not at all. Uh, there was uh, not a lot of birds going overhead, and when there were, there, w there weren't in very big groups. 
No, maybe maybe I would say at the the biggest group I saw was probably about five five dove. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. About the same for me. Um, what 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 does your uh, setup look like? So as far as dove hunting, it's definitely different than any of the other hunting that we've done. You know, the uh, most of the other upland game like quail and chucker. I mean, you're packing in and, and carrying all kinds of gear. So dove is kind of cool. It's unique in the fact that you really don't have to carry a lot because you're literally by the truck almost the entire time. Um, I'll carry a little bit more than probably the average dove uh, hunter because I do like to walk. I don't like to just sit in the field if I don't have to. If uh -huh. people aren't around, um, I'll kind of move from spot to spot. And obviously we, we did do that just because there wasn't a whole lot of activity where we were at originally. Um, so we did walk around. But basically my setup is um, obviously my shotgun. I use a Mossberg 500 with a 28-inch barrel. Um, with a, uh, a modified choke on that. Um, obviously, in, it, for those of you that do not know, in the state of California, um, starting in 2019, but we've already started now um, with, uh, it's the laws are complicated, but basically the gist of it is, there is no longer any form of lead um, shot or bullet um, allowed in, in any form of hunting in the state of California, starting, uh, I believe it's January 1st, 2019. Yes. Um, we have moved to steel and well not lead tungsten um, yeah. last year uh anticipating this yeah because we wanted to get used to it before the switch it's actually kind of tricky because certain birds you can still hunt with lead dove is one of them dove is one of them yes um uh, but like i said we've we've swapped over to steel just simply because it's we're gonna have to anyways so we figured we might as well get used to it it definitely shoots different than lead um, I can tell you, I, I tended, uh, initially, I, I tend to hit more with lead, like at, at the range, shooting trap and skeet. Um, still definitely has a weird pattern, um, and, and the velocity is much quicker on it than lead. So um, I feel like I'm, I'm not having to lead shots as much, which is weird to me. So I'm shooting, you know, it's just, <laughs> it, yeah, you just shoot weird with it. So anyways, I, again, I use a Mossberg 500, just the standard uh, black synthetic stock pump shotgun, 28-inch uh, uh, barrel in a 12 gauge um and then i used this year i used kent um dove dove shells and and they were uh, awesome um i was actually a lot happier with them than the winchester that i used last year i think it was the super x was what i used last year still shot um also i think i'm a i'm a better shot than i was last year so i'll have to go back to the Most winchester likely. and and see if, if it's as good but um these types of things are you get better as you do it right right you know, you, you you understand how the birds fly, and you understand the distances at which you can take the shots. Yeah. And that's what makes a big difference when it comes to the type of ammo you use, you know, and the type of choke you use. You know how far you can shoot a bird. Yeah. And you can only get that from experience. Yeah. Well, the other thing that we did prior to going out, um, my dad and I went out to the desert, and obviously we were just shooting out there, but... One of the things that we thought would be smart was to take our hunting shotguns and, and basically put uh, you know a cardboard box out at 40 yards um, and just see what the spread was like at, at 40 yards and then also at 30 yards and just kind of see you know okay this is this is kind of what the spread looks like and so um, as far as leading and things like that obviously that comes with actually just shooting but at least you have a better idea of like wow it, it actually spreads out quite a bit so it, it's not surprising when you find a dub that's only been hit with one pellet you know. Um, so that's definitely interesting. Um, for, as for the rest of my gear, I'm a little unorthodox. 
Um, I carry an old web military web belt, um, World War II issue, um, but it was issued to my grandfather in the Korean War. Um, it's a belt that he's used hunting for years, um, and he, he gave it to me uh, a while back, and, and so um, it's, it's even got some deer blood on it, and so, I mean, I know that he's used it a lot. It's definitely it's got a lot not, of history. Yeah, it's got a lot, a lot of history. A lot of sentimental value. A lot of sentimental value um, to me, and, uh, and so I love that thing. I ended up going down to the surplus store and buying a web harness. Um, so that way I can carry a little bit heavier of a load without having uh -huh. to worry about the, the belt shifting too much on my weight. And those military web belts don't actually sit on your waist. They sit a little higher. Um, and so it does give, give my back a little more support when, when we are, uh, you know, out walking around and stuff. So with that though, I do carry a magnetic, a, a modern, uh, magnetic, uh, shell, uh, bag and then, um, a bird bag as well. Magnetic. I think Alps is the company that makes it. Uh, I got it on Amazon. Really great deal. Um, the pouches are amazing. Comes with two pouches, a water bottle holder, and a uh, a bird bag. All magnetic, so you can be climbing up through all kinds of brush and whatever, and your shells aren't going to fall out. You know, it stays pretty pretty well um, locked. But it's not like Velcro where you're constantly having to rip it open to get your shells out and things like that. And that that sounds really good for checker season. It it I loved it last <laughs> year for checker season, and and that's that's precisely why I got it. Um, and and I love it. Again, I got it on Amazon. Probably I think like forty bucks. Um, the belt that came with it was like a cheap, 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 like, uh, I guess you'd call it like a webbing, but it really wasn't like that seat belt material, but super thin. Um, and yeah, it just didn't do the trick. So I've, I've put all those pouches onto the military web belt. So, uh, with me, I typically for dove, I carry anywhere between 25 to, to 50 rounds. Um, obviously my bird bag, I always carry a water bottle with me just cause it's so hot out there. Um, to give you an idea, the, the average weather, um, during dove opener is about 105 degrees. It's very hot out there. Last year when we were there, it was 113, I think, or 114, something like that. Yeah, this, it, it's super hot, especially beginning of September. That area is just really hot. And yeah. the plan typically is to start shooting when it's legal to shoot, which is yep. 30 minutes before daybreak, before yep. daylight or sunrise. Yep. And we want to get out of there before 8 o'clock. Yeah, if we could, <laughs> even before that. This year, unfortunately, because we just weren't getting enough action, I think we stayed out till 10, 10 a.m. About 10, and it was starting to get hot. And, and I went through probably, I had to go back to the truck to refill my water bottle. I carry a, uh, a Hydro Flask, a 21-ounce Hydro Flask. Um, which is supposed to keep your water cold for 24 hours, and, and I love them. I, I can't say enough good things about Hydro Flask. Um, at the same time, though, I was burning through those 21 ounces like crazy. I mean, I, like I said, I refilled that thing probably about three times in the time that we were out there. Um, and so then, like I said, shells, uh, bird bag, water bottle, um, and then I will carry... Um, I'm, a little, I'm a little unorthodox. I carry a lighter and a cigarillos when we go out, too. Uh, the other thing that I, I would like to mention is my attire for the day. Um, I think some people thought it was a bit overkill. I had long sleeves on, uh, camo shirt, long sleeves, mossy oak. Um, I also had uh, boots, uh, waterproof boots. Those are just my hunting boots though. So, um, And then I also had long pants, uh, microfiber, uh, white Sierra hiking pants. Um, great for outdoors, hiking, whatever, breakaway as well. Um, the reason why I wear long sleeves is just because the sun just tears you up out there. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. And so that, that was my only reason for it. Yeah, you sweat a lot, but again, you're not getting burnt by the sun. The other nice thing, which we found, um, oh, I also carry gloves with me everywhere I go. Um, even when it's cool, they're just a firm grip, uh, just standard, like, 
I guess you call them machine gloves or uh, what are they like mechanics gloves. Um, really great though for shooting and shooting sports. But I always carry them with me just simply you know you just never know when you're gonna need a good pair of gloves fortunately this time they came in really good handy because of the a plethora of mosquitoes <laughs> um, I covered up uh, everyone was making fun of me because I had gloves in the middle of the desert and then when the mosquitoes started biting everyone's hands uh, I had gloves on and and yeah I didn't get bit so um, my back however was a different story they were biting me right through my shirt and everything else so those mosquitoes were relentless um, I myself my rig I was severely underprepared. Yeah. <laughs> I, this is, was my first dove hunting experience. Um, so I brought my uh, bird hunting shotgun, which is a Winchester Model 1200 that was given to me by my grandfather. It is a full choke. So with a full choke, you got to be pretty accurate. Don't get much of a spread. And it's a 20 gauge. Oh, yeah. So when I shoot clays, we typically annihilate them. <laughs> that is true. I can attest to that. There is no clay left. There, there. It's either a miss or a destruction of the clay. Right. We we joke that he should only be allowed to have salt and pepper in his uh, shells because uh, at that range, there's going to be no bird left. <laughs> we just season them up. Yeah, just season them up, man. Just season them up. And I was shooting uh, number seven. Fioki and uh, I was actually a mixture of Kent and Fioki because I had bought two different types. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I carry a dove belt that I've got from Amazon. Okay. Um, just just your standard dove belt it has two pouches, one where I carry whatever I need. Um, I had gloves and water in one, and then uh, about maybe about thirty shells. Yeah. But with the mosquitoes, um, I just went. And sat in the car. It was uh, too much. Yeah. Um, I, I was wearing shorts. Yep. Uh, just I was just totally underprepared. So, big big learning experience for me. Yeah. And I was completely ready with the second time I went out, which is funny because the second time I went out there were zero mosquitoes, and I put <laughs> lots of mosquito repellent, which um, I always have on me. And the very first time I went out. It, I didn't have it with me. Yeah. And I, I carry two things with me because I'm lighter uh, in color. I always carry sunscreen and I always carry uh, bug spray. Yeah. And uh, it was just bad luck that uh, somebody used my bug spray uh, <laughs> just a week before and yeah. I didn't get it back and I always have it in that bag. Yeah. And um, I said, for me, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to to watch everybody yeah. else and kind of... Well, it's a great way to observe and learn. You know? Yeah, kind of get try to understand... Uh, a little bit more about dove hunting well you know it's a different style of hunting a um b we can't fault you for not bringing insect repellent because i think i distinctly remember telling you there were no bugs last year which <laughs> there really weren't there were no mosquitoes well i believe us, you after the second day none of us got bit up and yeah it, 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 it was it was a completely different story which is why i also didn't bring uh mosquito repellent or any kind of insect repellent i will say this after that experience i will never not carry it with me in fact it's just always going to be a part of yeah, it's just my it's, hunting gear now. It's such a small thing to have to bring with you. I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, it's so it's, easy to bring it. Just, well, and you might as well just have it. I didn't bring sunscreen, but I also knew that I had long sleeve everything. I had, you know, multiple hats and, mm -hmm. you know, sunglasses and everything else. So I wasn't too worried. I always bring a face stick um, that I use for surfing or, you know, when water sports really more. Um, but I always have that with me. So that was great to just cover up my neck and face uh, and the few exposed areas I did have. Um, which was fine. So I was prepared there. Um, but from here on out, I do honestly believe that I'm going to start carrying 
sunscreen along with insect repellent. It, it's just, it, yeah, it's absolutely vital. Um, the other thing that I wish I would have brought, um, because we did a lot more walking um, on that trip than I thought we were going to through brush and everything else, I really do wish I would have brought my chaps, my Upland Game chaps. Yes, there was some, some there pretty was some, big... There uh, was some gnarly brush that yeah. we walked through, and there was a lot of uh, cactus that uh, Anthony and I walked through um, later that evening. Um, going, just kind of going through and I, I do wish I would have brought those. And I, I mean, I have them, I've used them before. They work great. They keep out, uh, cactus and everything, but, but I didn't, but I didn't bring them anyways, back to the point we were making though about dove hunting, how it is a different style of hunting than any other hunting you see out there. For those of you who haven't hunted dove, it really is somewhat of a shoot fest. Yes. And I learned that the second time I went, uh, the second time I went, there was definitely less people. Because it, it was uh, a week after, or maybe about, like, about maybe I think it was nine on days the, after. I think it was on the 9th, because I think it was the day that we left for Italy. It, it was the day after. The, it might have been the 10th then. It was the 10th. We, yeah, we left on the 9th. And we went the 10th, and there was less people out there. Dove Opener was on a Saturday this year. Yes. So there was a lot more people. Um, and, and you, you, you want to have the dove in the air. And the way you get them in the air is to have people. And mm -hmm. uh, you're pretty much tossing them back and forth, and they 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 take off because people are shooting at them. Then they they get to another spot, and if there's people there, then they're going to keep on moving uh, back and forth. You're, it's almost like you're playing ping pong. Exactly. And go ahead. Oh, I was going to say. In fact, on opener though, I don't know if you remember, we had kind of spaced ourselves out in like a Z pattern. Uh -huh. You know, we had one line, and then um, you know, kind of yeah, essentially like a big Z. Um, where we had a line of guys and then 90 degrees from that, we had another line of guys and then 90 degrees off of that, we had another line of guys. And so as they would fly over, depending on what way they were flying over, in fact, um, we had, I think it was my dad and then, um, one of my dad's buddies who was there telling us shoot to the left of that. Like, even though you can't hit them, shoot to the left of them cause it'll push them to the right towards the rest of the other guys. And so we were just shooting up in the air essentially to kind of move them one way to the other. And it's crazy how quickly they react, man. Yes. And like, because there were so many of them the first time I went out, it, you didn't really see that because they were just everywhere. But because we were seeing them fly like in little tiny groups, you could see them moving with, with the shots that came near them. And what I noticed the second time, and it, it could be because there was less people and it could be because the birds wised up. Yeah. They were well, they've been very <laughs> skittish. Yeah. And uh, if you weren't ducking behind a bush or trying to conceal yourself a little bit, they would they would bank. They would go away from you. And uh, I noticed a couple times birds coming at me. I stayed crouched. And as soon as they saw me, they either turned. And actually, I have uh, uh, we had one where a friend of ours... I, I stood up, the, it looked like the birds saw me and almost, it almost put the brakes on. It was pretty yeah. funny. It was like a cartoon where it was yeah. like, whoa, there's a guy there. <laughs> and it stopped almost directly in front of our friend who was able to take, get the shot take in. Take the shot, yeah. And, uh, and finish him off. Yeah. And yeah, it, 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 was, it was amazing to see how they wised up and how they were able to move. Absolutely. And how they were able to recognize people. Absolutely, yeah. Um, the second time we went also that we, we saw a group of maybe, I don't want to exaggerate, uh, maybe 35 to 50 off in the distance. And as we got closer, 
they just kind of uh, moved away, moved away, moved away, and we never really can can could catch them. them. It sounds like Chucker almost. You it it kind of was <laughs> similar, and I, I like Chucker because they're hard. They're hard yeah. to catch. Yeah. You have to go find them. Yeah, and, and you have to track them almost, almost like you would a, a big game animal. And the description of Dove when I first heard about it, and then my first experience, it's almost like you're waiting for the Dove to make the move. Yeah. Where the chucker, you know, you got to go get him. You have to hunt him. Yeah. 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 And and the second time we went, it was a little more like that. Um, I noticed, though, if we got in the truck and we moved and parked, then they kind of flew around a little bit and you're able to get some shots. But maybe about, about 10, 15 minutes of that. And yeah. then it was nothing. Yeah. They were gone. Again. Yeah. So then we had to kind of go find them again. Yeah. And, uh, and, and try to... Yeah, it, try to try to do the same thing. Absolutely. So it was definitely a lot harder. And I think if there was trucks maybe on every corner of these uh, fields, it you know it would have been better. Yeah, for, it keeps for them, them to flying, be in the and they don't really know where to go. Or I think it keeps them a little more confused. Um, anyways, I, I have a I have a point on on kind of just the difference in in dove hunting versus other hunting. But uh, let's go back to the cigar real quickly because um, I think I'm I'm almost actually I'm probably probably almost a third of the way done uh maybe even halfway done yeah i'm about into the uh i'm, I'm in the middle of the first third still yeah I, I smoke a lot slower as you guys will learn yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> but i would like to just give some of those notes and then also follow up with the whiskey um you want me to go start yeah go for it well i think this cigar is very mild yeah and i like mild cigars but this cigar is very mild absolutely and uh I like it with the whiskey. The kind of the whiskey maybe gives it a little more flavor. Yeah, a little more flavor, a little more body or something. Yeah. Um, but if I was to smoke this, uh, it's uh, it's almost a little boring. Yeah, to be honest it with is. You. Yeah, there's not not a whole lot of excitement in it. I I do like the fact, like I said, there's there's the whiskey smooth, but it does have that little spice to it. Um, a little bit. The, the finish, I can kind of taste it. Now. The finish is quick. I definitely. I was surprised when I when I had heard you kind of read that of oh it's got a quick finish and I'm thinking nah dude you know. It's, it's, whiskeys sometimes tend to have that that little after bite and you're kind of sitting there tasting it for a little while but no it goes down pretty smooth with, with the mild cigar um i think it makes it even smoother mm -hmm. um, and a little easier to drink too so um all in all uh these cigars are good i understand why they call them the everyday smoke though because they are super mild i mean you could you could do anything you could be mowing the lawn you could you know be uh working in the garage or you know just hanging out by the pool or or even like we're doing now just sitting in the backyard having a cigar um these things are smooth you can smoke them i would assume anywhere they're they're smoking fairly fast even for you mm -hmm. um i know you smoke slower but i mean you're you're kind of burning through it pretty quick and and the smoke stays pretty cool too yes uh see i guess for this cigar i'm i'm it's kind of the end of the day and you kind of want to have more of your dessert cigar we just had dinner yeah and this is definitely not it <laughs> no 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 no. it's it's just a, it's a i feel like this is almost like an appetizer cigar yeah it this, gives this, you a little taste of what you want but it doesn't quite quench that 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 uh this might be one of those and i'm not one of these kind of people but you wake up in the morning and maybe have one with a cup of coffee cup of coffee and yeah, some, just a, some just bacon a quick, and eggs, man. quick early smoke i know it's a, they say you know this is the everyday italian smoking cigar obviously it's a dominican but then again all of our cigars that we buy at the store are either dominican and uh, nicaraguan yeah, it's just or, the leaf yeah exactly but uh but i could totally see having a little uh cup of espresso and uh some bacon and eggs or you know something like that or an, an italian breakfast did, did you guys have any italian breakfast you know their breakfasts? italian their italian breakfasts are very different from ours they're they're pretty uh 
like small portions and they like very sweet like uh kind of it's not very savory. Like we we like savory breakfast, right? Yeah. Eggs, you got salty bacon. Um yeah, you get pancakes with with syrup and stuff or, or french toast or whatever. Um but over there it's like croissants and like uh pastries and almost like donuts and things like that. It, it, to me, I'm not I don't like sweets um all that much and so yeah i honestly this would go a lot better with a cup of coffee and like some bacon it like there's you just need more flavor or something I, yeah I, if i could put I salt on this thing like you know what i mean <laughs> like salt is the universal cure-all for food um this if i could put salt on this thing give it just something you know i, I guess that's a good description bland yeah it's a okay bland. there you go yeah yeah. yeah yeah it's bland that's what it is mm-hmm. and, and it definitely spices up with a little bit of, of whiskey yeah yeah absolutely so for uh, it, it's funny because um, I'm not. You can ask Teddy. Actually, he typically drinks his straight whiskey quicker than I do. Yes. Um, and I actually have finished my glass before him. So obviously, this is easy to drink. Yes. Um, yeah. It is very it's, easy. To yeah. Drink. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. And you know, I'm not just trying to say this uh, for the podcast uh, because I would tell you the truth, just like I'm telling you the truth in the cigar. I really like this whiskey. This. I've always said Maker's 46 is kind of like my go-to whiskey. Um, but, man, this is like competing with it, I think. Do you know the price point uh, per chance on, on this whiskey? Or? Um, I looked it up. It, it, it retails, I think, on like Total Wine or your typical yeah. uh, online retailer. Uh, about thirty nine ninety nine. For... Okay, so a little more than like a Maker's 46 is what, like 35 or 36 Yeah, if I can get it for 35 I'm usually pretty happy with I know, that. I know Stater Brothers has it for 32 If it's 32 man. 32 99 uh, so what, I might 33? make a trip to Stater yeah, Brothers later. Yeah, we might have to go. <laughs> uh, no, but but I mean, that's not that much more expensive, and in all honesty, it drinks as, almost as well. I'm, I'm kind of happy because this... Uh, this probably wouldn't have been one that I would try. Um, you know, I, 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 based on the way the bottle, the, the packaging is and stuff, it, it looks pretty fancy. Yeah, it does. Um, but this was given to me um, as a gift uh, by my cousin. And he said, try this. I think you'll like it. And he knows what I like. And I definitely do like it. And we're going to pour up just a little bit more. Yeah, maybe like just a finger pour. All right, so let's uh, Get, talk about oh what everybody want. You want to? Uh, I was add just going to go back to the point of that I was going to make prior to us mm-hmm. taking the break for the cigar, just on dove hunting. Um, it, it was actually kind of funny, I, and I'm hoping to have um, my dad, uh, Frank, and and uh, Theodore's uncle. Yes, um, obviously. Oh, and when we talk about our grandpa, it's the, same, the grandpa. same grandpa. Um, I got the gun from the same grandpa that gave Ryan the, the web, uh, the all the web <laughs> gear. Yeah, he gave me a lot of other stuff, that, a lot of other web gear that goes with it. But obviously, for for dove hunting, that's the setup that I just the just the belt. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's funny on the drive home um, from the hunt. We, uh, my dad and I, had a kind of a pretty interesting conversation just about dove hunting and how different uh, the the. I guess the I don't want to say clientele. Obviously, that's not the right. The, the enthusiasts, maybe who dove hunt. Uh-huh. Um, or the sportsmen. I, in all honesty, though, that's a, that's a thing. I don't know that dove hunters really are, are that big of sportsmen. Um, a lot of them, in reality, I feel like are weekend warriors that just pull up with their pickup truck or their trailer real quick, shoot for, for that day, and they don't hunt for the rest of the year. It, it's definitely super easy. Um, you don't really have to... You don't really have to know much. Yeah. Uh, you definitely have to know much uh, a lot to, to be good at it. Yes. Like anything yeah. else, but... 
it's one of those things where you don't to in order to start doing it you don't need a lot of stuff yeah you really can you just really just need a shotgun and a, and a belt and e- even with that i we had a guy i think who hunted with us the first year that had i think one pouch and realized shoot i need to carry ammo and birds so he was putting the birds in his shell pouch and putting the ammo in his cargo pockets i mean <laughs> you literally just need a hunting license a shotgun some shells and some way to carry dead birds yeah that that's basically what you need yeah and i know our cousin uses a, a magazine drop pouch yeah. as his as his bird bag which i think is kind of funny but um but hey it works and you it get, works it, yeah absolutely um, I also think, though, too, and I will say this, I, I think that the type of hunter that goes out is a lot more irresponsible, um, dove hunting, because you just don't know the level of, of expertise. You don't know the people around you, whether they've had proper firearm training or, or even if they've grown up. I mean, we grew up around guns. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't been hunting for that long, but I've been shooting my entire life. Yes, um, and, and, you know, we knew how to handle guns from a very young age and you get a lot of people out there that, that probably have, and I've seen it that I, not probably, I know for a fact, have, have no idea how to handle a weapon safely. Yeah. So I, just to give you an idea, we grew up with the same grandfather and we used to have a pellet gun at his house and he made us have all the rules. Yeah. Uh, just like it was a, Oh, uh, I remember taking toy guns over there and him yeah. telling us not to point them at each other. And, yeah. And we, we, like that. we definitely were trained on yeah. gun safety oh, at yeah. a very young age. Yeah. Yeah. I remember he used to hate us playing airsoft. I mean, he knew boys will be boys and we're going to yeah. play airsoft and do what we're going to do. But, um, he didn't like the idea of any, any gun being pointed at, at another person. You'll always know where your target's at and, you no, know, he was very, very much, if we were out shooting in the backyard, he wanted to be right there and making sure that we're handling everything safely. And I, I love that. I think another thing that might be a little concerning about dove hunting is it kind of creates more of a party atmosphere. It does. Than, say, chucker hunting or even quail hunting where you have to go out and hike. You're right there by the truck. A lot of people are sitting in chairs. And, I mean, it's very easy for you just to crack open a beer. I'll be honest. We saw a lot of beer cans being open. There was a lot of beer cans. And actually, the second time I went out, I found a lot of beer cans. In the fields. In the fields. And I even picked up a bunch of shells. I picked up some beer cans. And see, that's the other thing that I don't like as Mm -hmm. well. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, that was something. It's funny. They clean up the fields, I think, prior. I didn't really see a whole lot of trash on opening day. No, they they seemed very nice. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's funny cause I heard that from some of the other parties that went with you, you know, that, that, uh, that, yeah, there was, there was more trash in the fields that it just seemed like there had been a big like party out there yeah. and, and yeah, and that was the aftermath of it. And that sucks. I mean, that, that's, that's the area that, that we hunt in. That's the area that where these birds are, are landing and living and, and people are trashing it that I, you know, coming from the background in Boy Scouts, I'm an Eagle Scout. It's the whole thing of leave no trace. And, I mean, we always mm-hmm. did trash sweeps at the end of every camp. Um, anytime I'm out there, I'm always trying to pick up my shells. You're not ever going to find every single shell that you shoot. So I always try and pick up whatever ones I do mm-hmm. find to make up for it. Yeah, and you know? somebody else's shells. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter trash, if yours whatever or not. it is. Yeah, you it's, just pick up what you find. And, you and you carry pack out you. whatever you can, yeah. what you can pack out. In fact, it was funny. My bird bag that day was filled with with a bunch of dove and it was filled with empty shells and and trash and anything else i found so you know it's just the thing is is my thought is i'd love for my my kids to be able to hunt on the same lands that that i've been able to hunt on that would be awesome you know and that that's yeah that's the dream so the, um, i i kind of uh i kind of compare dove hunting to 
uh, fishing with power bait, where you throw <laughs> your pole out and you plop on a chair and you wait for the fish to bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, other hunting, you know, chucker hunting, where you're actually going and finding birds, it's more like fly fishing. It is. You got to yeah. work. Yeah, you got you to work, work to get that uh, that that fish to bite. You have to work to get, you know, to to find a covey. Yeah. You have to do a lot of hiking. Uh, you have to put a lot of effort. And to me, it's much more rewarding when you you do get a kill. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's funny too that you mentioned that. I know I mentioned as part of my setup, I carry a lighter and. Um, I carry cigarillos or I'll carry a, probably a bland cigar like this one that I can throw <laughs> on the ground if need be and, uh, you know, take a couple shots and dust it off, pick it back up and, <laughs> and maybe the dirt will add some flavor. But, uh, but no, it's, it's funny cause yeah, dove hunting is totally one of those things. I mean, I was puffing on a, on a cigarillo the entire time we were out there. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember making that was one of the biggest mistakes. And one of the things I learned when we went to the preserve, the Eastern Mojave preserve, um, going out there and we're up in elevation we're hiking all over the place and I'm like well we got a moment of downtime we're waiting for my dad to get back to where we were at so let's puff on a cigarillo and my dad gets back and it's like all right let's let's get up this mountain I'm thinking like shoot man I can't even breathe right now give me a minute um, it's it's yeah it's way more relaxed dove hunting and so I love it it's fun um, I don't know honestly if I would do it if if quail and chucker season opened on September 1st um, but I think it's something that I, I love dove. I love the way they taste. Um, they're good eating. Um, it is a lot of fun, but in all honesty, I, I probably do prefer quail and, and chucker hunting to dove hunting. I definitely do, but I think dove hunting serves a purpose. And the first time I went out, I didn't think so. The second time I went out, I realized it's very, very good practice. It's great practice. Well, and you're going to get a lot more looks. Yeah, the other thing that we didn't really encounter this year, but I encountered the year before, is, is that like the Eurasian collared dove. There's no limit on it in California, mm-hmm. um, and there's no season for it. You can hunt it all year round, and that's because they're an invasive species. They're they're killing off, um, well, not killing off, but they're eating a lot of the um, the food that that a lot of the other dove, like the white wing and the morning dove, would typically eat. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, they're taking over, and and they're kind of a nuisance. They hang out a lot in like more industrial areas or, or like in houses and on power lines and things like that. And so they're, they're a lot more like pigeons where they're, they're a nuisance. And, um, you almost want, um, y- you know, the, the whole reason why there's no limit on them is because, you know, fish and game has decided like, this is not a good species to have around. We need mm-hmm. to kill yeah. as many of them as we can. Um, and so part of it also is, you know, is, is, uh, ecological control, population control. Um, and you know, the carrying capacity in Nyland for dove is, is great, um, but it's inhibited by all of these Eurasian doves that are coming in. And, and, and I mean, I think out of, um, so I got eight this, no, seven this year. My dad got eight. Um, and, and of the seven that I got, I, I think five of them were Eurasian doves. Um, and they're a little bit bigger. They are. They are bigger, <laughs> which is nice because, I mean, and they're good eating too. I mean, they taste just like, it's not like they taste any different. So, um, so that, that kind of, uh, went into our next uh, point what how do we do um in in last i think last year um 
uh, Ryan's dad would limited out, correct? I 15, believe got so. Got his 15 yeah. in the one day. Yeah, and then the all, one, day. His buddy, one of his buddies limited out in, I think, 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Yes, yeah, it was a lot, lot quicker. And then another one of his buddies, it was his first time out, as was mine, and I think we both tied at 7 or 8. I, can't, I honestly can't remember, but I just know, obviously, we were, we were like halfway there. And how do we do this year? Well, I got 7. Um, and I did it in less than half the shells. I mean, I, I hardly shot. I think I got seven in, in under 40 shells. Yeah, I witnessed a couple of uh, those shots. <laughs> can, you, can you describe that, uh, that one shot? <laughs> I, I overheard someone saying, uh, coming your way or something to that effect. And the shot came out. I don't know who shot it at the no, time. You, yeah, you knew who shot I, it. I kind of didn't know who shot it. And <laughs> that bird just dropped. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> it and was, it was done. It hit the ground, and that, I didn't have to do anything. Uh, I literally the, just picked it up. You know, I saw a lot of birds get winged and things like that uh, during that trip, but that was a dead-on shot. Yeah. So, so, yeah, you definitely improved. Well, I think part of that, not only is just the sh- that my shooting, I've, I've been practicing more. Um, my shooting has improved. Uh, my dad's taught me a lot. Actually, he taught both of us a lot of dry fire drills that are super helpful. Yes. Um, which which we practiced the entire day before because uh-huh. we got out there the night before and we scouted the entire area and then we literally just went back to the house and dry fire drilled, dry, dry fire drilled, dry fire drilled until I didn't want to dry fire drill anymore. Um, which was I, – I love it. It was awesome. It made a huge difference, huge difference for me. And the other thing that, that he kind of – he told all of us – and I think I paid attention to it this year rather than last year. I think I was trigger happy, but um, this year it was he was very much about take the shots that you know you have a chance of hitting. Yes, that that's one thing that you don't get because I, I did mention that it's good practice, uh, you know, practicing your your skills, right? Being able to shoot stuff. And when I first started, I thought, okay, well, I can practice at uh, shooting clays. Yeah, it's a huge difference. Yeah, and, and the big difference is distance when you shoot clays they're always within shooting range absolutely unless of course you're shooting trap and you let you let it get too far right right but you always know you're going to have a shot where it's hard when you see a dove flying and you're kind of like hoping okay come closer come closer and then maybe it doesn't or maybe it's flying at a a little bit of a different angle than uh, where it's not going to quite get to you and then you're going to take that shot and, and you're going to miss. Yeah. It's just, if it's not in your range, it's not in your range. Well, it's amazing. There was a few times where I thought, okay, this thing's way out of range, but I want to take a shot at it because, you know, I, the, the opportunities to shoot were a lot less this year. So I was thinking to myself, man, I want to take a shot, but I know it's out of my range. And, and I held off because I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm just going to waste around. That's really all I'm going to do. And surprisingly, every once in a while, it would turn and start coming towards uh-huh. you. And, and and had I taken the shot, it would have just pushed it further away. You know yes. what I mean? And so then it's and, like... And even even if you don't get a shot on it, at mm-hmm. least give somebody in your party a chance. Exactly. Maybe somebody else further down the line, it's going to come closer to them and they can take that shot. And I think for me and you, we both, uh, I know, have the same morals when it comes to hunting is, uh, you know, I don't want to take a shot on a bird that I'm not going to kill, you know, and, and yeah. the last thing I want is to, you know hit this bird and then it goes flying somewhere and, you and know, spends the next three days. Yeah. I'm not going to be able yeah. to find it. So, you know, ideally you want, you want to get that bird down close to you yeah. where if you gotta, if you gotta, you know, put it down, you know, by your, you know, if you have to do it yourself, 
then you can do it humanely and yeah, absolutely. quickly. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't want to. You, yeah, you don't want to leave the, these birds. The up ethics for a while. definitely come into play in that too. As yes. Well. Yeah. So and that and that that helps to make my decisions uh, made my decisions a lot easier this year. Like I said, the first year it was a it was a lot easier. They were all coming in close. They were everywhere. I was just a really crappy shot the first year. So um, you also don't realize like how much quicker they are. I know you mentioned that with. You know, trap and skeet typically they're within range. Like you're, you're almost always, ha- you almost always have a shot. No yeah. matter, you know, like you said, you unless it gets too far, and you know, you kind of know where it's going. Um, with dove, you don't always know where they're going, and in all honesty, their speed is far faster than a than a than a, a clay pigeon. Yeah, I, I took a shot. It's not only the, the the how fast they are, but I took a shot on a dove, and it it almost looked like it dodged it. <laughs> like I knew uh, it was coming or I something. I seen I seen the thing like I, I seen it pop up. Yeah, and almost you know, it almost looked like he jumped over it in midair, which yeah. doesn't make sense. But yeah, you know, it, that's the only way I can explain it. Well, it's because it, it knew, and it was like, ah, dude, like, <laughs> watch this. I'm gonna evade it. Matrix, matrixed you. And you know, maybe <laughs> uh, maybe it felt a little bit of the, you know, the blow of the the, the compression or something. <laughs> but you know, things like that, uh, you don't have. Uh, when you're practicing, you know, shooting no, plays. No, no, or... not at all. They, I mean, they're going to literally launch the same way they launch every time. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, yeah, the consistency is definitely different, so. So, you know, what were the numbers? We, uh, I honestly, I got skunked. Okay, yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I alley-ooped one for, for, for one of the guys, one of our friends that went with us. I, I, uh, my uncle said I probably got it in the tail, and it almost, as soon as I hit it, went straight up. And when it went straight up, it was just a, uh, a sitting dove. Yeah, sitting, <laughs> or sitting dove. duck. Yeah. <laughs> and um so uh you know our friends took it was was able to to put the shot on it and take Absolutely, it down. Absolutely, yeah. Um so I, I I didn't get any. Uh would you know, we have family that live in in uh northern California and they're avid hunters and I know one of his friends got uh skunked also, so I don't feel too bad. Yeah. <laughs> because these guys have been hunting their whole life. Yeah. Um it just goes to show you that this year just wasn't a, a yeah very it good wasn't year. a great year and actually the reports All over the, place. the reports that came out said you know a lot of the areas that are local to us we we go a little further out there's a few other places that are, are a lot closer that we could go. Um, but yeah, people just were not getting their numbers at all this year. In fact, there were quite a few guys in the in the club that my dad's a part of um, that said yeah that they either got nothing or very little. Um, I know my number like I said was uh, seven this year. Um, I believe one of our other friends, and that was only with a one trip because he didn't go out the second. Time. Yeah, I, that was because he was, was out getting these fine cigars in Italy. For in us. Italy, yes, <laughs> I I flew all the way to Italy just to get these cigars at the airport, the duty free shop in the airport. Um, but yeah, no, one of our other friends I think got two the second day, and mm-hmm. then I believe he got four the first day. And one of those so was like, mine. One the of those was, was yours. Yeah, the one you alley ooped. <laughs> yeah, that was, I've, I've that been was a, You got him. the assist on that one. I got the one. assist. Yeah, you got the I'll assist the on assist. that one. Yeah, um, and then I know my and dad. And how did your dad do? My dad got eight the first trip. And I believe um, he got five the second trip. Yeah, he got five the second trip. So, yeah. Yeah, so he did the best out of everyone. Um, two of his buddies from work, I believe, got their limits. But they also were shooting quite a bit longer than we were, I believe. So, so yeah. But... At the same time, though, too, um, you know, it, it it also depends too on how long you stay out there. I mean, we didn't want to sit in the heat, and they had just driven out there for the day. We were going to be out there for a few days on that that first trip. So yeah, the the other thing I learned is this is definitely for me personally a one day trip. Yeah, you know, it, it, where we go, it's not really far. It's not you know, uh, it, it's maybe what three hours. Yeah, about three hour drive. You know, and I don't mind uh, leaving at two thirty in the morning. 
getting there by, you know, 5.30. Yeah. Maybe having 15, 20 minutes before shooting time. Yeah. Uh, to get everything ready and find the spot where we're going to go. Now we kind of know exactly where we want to go. And we, we kind of understand, you know, that it, if there's no birds there, there's then just, there's no birds yeah, there. Yeah, then there's no birds. Yeah. You know? Well, and this time, like I said, we, we did take a, a weekend trip and made a weekend out of it. Mm -hmm. We did look for cottontail. Um, we, we saw a lot of quail, so we know that it's a good, good spot possibly for quail hunting later, later this year. Yeah, that was actually one of, one of my favorite moments on that second trip. Um, I saw a covey of about maybe 30 oh, wow. quail. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Um, and I, and actually I saw maybe about, about 10 or 15, uh, on the road that I was walking on, just kind of walking. And then, um, I spooked about another 15 That's awesome. as I walked by them and it was just, it was amazing to see them. Yeah, um, I know when we were looking for cottontail in the evening uh, uh -huh. on, on opener, it was after everything was, you know, kind of over and done. We were looking for both dove and cottontail. I had a shotgun and a, and a twenty-two um, <laughs> with me. And, um, you know, I, I yeah, we we, uh, we spooked a covey as well. Anthony and I spooked a covey as well. And that was pretty, pretty awesome to see. I mean, we, I had no idea they were there. Uh, and so to see those things just like kind of, you know, flutter out of the, the brush like that, I, I thought, I'm like thinking, man, if this was quail season, you know, that <laughs> that actually would have been a shot. I could have yeah. taken one. And um, so that was actually really exciting because that, that's the closest I think I've been. I was within probably, I would say, uh, five, ten yards of, of the covey. And then, you know, that, yeah. Yeah, very exciting. Um, it makes me really excited for quail. I'm, and, I'm super and excited season. for uh, chucker and quail season this year. So. You know, I feel like I, I kind of got my, uh, uh, my first shot jitters out of the way. Yeah. With yeah. the with the dove, get a little practice. I'm starting to understand, you know, shooting a full choke is is uh, not that easy. Yeah. Um, and I do I do okay on the clay, uh, on the clays, but you know I I, I definitely need to practice more. Yeah. I, I mean, just like anything else. Um, you can't just go out and expect to slay dove and maybe shoot once a year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's like going out to the golf course and thinking you're going to hit par, you know, um, if you haven't, if you haven't played in a year, you know? So. Yeah. One of our other cousins that went with us, uh, just kills it on the, on the, on the range and the clays and, uh, does really good. And he struggled. I want to say he caught, he got four dove. Um, and I think his big, his big thing was distance. Yeah, you yeah. Know. he was doing, I, I think, exactly what I was doing last year, where he was taking shots when they were a tad too far out. Yeah. And rather than hitting them, he was just scaring them off, you know? Yeah, and, uh, you, you know, it's a learning experience. Yeah. You're not going to, uh, unless you do it, you're not going to understand. No, yeah, you, know, you really aren't. How, how you work and how your gun works. And, and it's funny, I, you know, because I, I had gone out last year as a new hunter, and so this year it's like, okay, I've been out and I've seen it once. I'm, I always still consider myself a very brand new hunter. but Yes, me too. But it's funny, like, trying to describe it to, to you prior to going out. Well, you know, it's like, like, you know, I'm trying to come up with words to explain this is what it's going to be <laughs> like, and there's just really no way to explain it until you're there. Yeah, it's an experience. Yeah. So you, have, you have to gain experience. It's great, but... All right, so... What do we do with these things after you shoot them? Well, as you already know, um, <laughs> as of last year, which which was uh, excellent, um, our our, our uh, take last year, we actually made dove tacos. So for those of you guys who don't know, we do have some ethnicity in our background uh, <laughs> of the Latino variety, um, and so tacos are. Or one of the only foods that Ryan eats. That is not true. I eat a lot of other things, but the running joke is that I only eat tacos. Um, that being said, um, 
we made some very good dope tacos. And uh, and uh, actually, I got to credit my father with that too, because uh, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely he did, he did an amazing job. He put, also put made those. Uh, what what would what would you call the the um, hatch chili? Like it's not it's not. I would a say dove. Or... Like it's it's similar it's to dove, dove popular uh, dove poppers, which is you know one of the most popular foods yeah. that people make out of dove. It's yeah. usually with jalapeno wrapped in bacon. With a little bit of cheese. A little or, bit of cheese or something. Yeah. Uh, we we use, made a more uh, Latino version <laughs> of it. <laughs> we, well, we used Hatch New Mexico chilies. Right, but the, but the, we used the queso fresco. Oh, yes, we did. Yeah. And they, they came out very good. Yeah. Uh, the way we... we uh, some people can take the time to pluck them. Um, there's not a whole lot of meat. There's not it. a whole lot of meat. No. You know, you just, it, it, just breast them. Yeah, breast <laughs> that, them That's out. what we do. Yeah. Uh, so, it makes it a lot easier. So these ones, what we did is you actually basically just... Is a little graphic, so for those of you that don't want to hear this, I would say uh, mute us for about two minutes. But basically, what you do is you take your thumb and you find the breastbone. You you run your uh, thumb all the way down underneath the base of the breastbone, and then you basically the the skin is so soft and they're they're so delicate, you can punch your thumb right into the the insides of the dove, and and basically you just take a grip of that the breast itself, and you just kind of almost just rip it um, from the body. And usually it, everything comes off except for the wings. The wings mm -hmm. are usually still attached to, to the breast and then you just snip the wings off and then um, pull the, the skin and feathers off the, the breast, dip it in some water, clean it off, and, and you got a perfectly good uh, dove breast. Yeah, and, and for me, I mean, just pretty much the same thing, just kind of rip the breast up yeah, kind of towards yeah, the head. Sorry, not off, but and um, I found it just way easier. You rip, rip the breast up and then just cut it with some shears. Yeah, and that was the easiest way for me to do it. Uh, for those who don't know, um, it is not legal to transport them without one wing. Yep, um, that is so that uh, if you get pulled over by a game warden or something, they can identify exactly what kind of dove you have. Yeah, and and whether you're staying within the limits, which yep. it, we always abide by uh, all limit laws. I I highly recommend never do anything illegal <laughs> yes um absolutely we are we are extremely ethical and and that's one of those things where you know it's uh, we even question sometimes should we you know even though we're getting back to the house should we save a wing for each one no mm -hmm. once it's in your once it's in your home and and you're not transporting them you're, you're out of the field you're back home then yeah you can you can breast them out at that point they're yeah yeah we just put them on ice um after we got them yeah and then uh transport them whole yep yeah, and that honestly, that's way easier than than cleaning them out there and then having to keep the wing attached yeah. and everything else. It's it's a lot easier to do that. However, I will say it makes it a little tougher when they're cooled down to clean them because this the the skin and and some of the feathers tend to stick. Yes, the skin actually uh, to me gets tougher. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot harder to clean them. Yeah, so I noticed. Uh, well, uh, the technique I was using was uh, you kind of uh, rip the breast up a little bit. And then uh, with your thumbs, kind of separate the skin and yeah. kind of break it. That way, uh, you start it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I even had to like maybe uh, hit it with the shears a little bit just yeah. to get it started, get yeah. it open. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah, it, it is. It's really easy. If you've never done it before, there's probably a ton of YouTube demonstrations on how to do it. So. Yeah, I seen. I think um, the Arizona uh, Fish and Game Department has a pretty good one and oh, okay. they, they show you how to breast them and how to pluck them how to pluck them too which we did with the chucker that we got last season and and yeah it, it's definitely a lot of work with the chucker it makes sense it's a lot more more meat but yeah you yeah, can with, actually with have the, a leg with the dove it's yeah it's it's kind of pointless um in all honesty 
Um, the breast is, is the majority of the meat, and as long as you're utilizing all of that, then yeah, you're, you're good to go. That's a, that's a really, and it, it's funny, they're, uh, they're dark, dark meat, very dark actually, um, but yet they, they taste really, really good. I like them. Yeah. All right, let's circle back to the cigar. How, yeah. how are you liking the cigar? Um, you know what? It's getting more flavor. A little bit, and I, again, I don't know if that's because obviously I'm, I'm I'm sipping whiskey with it, but I feel like the closer I get to the end, the more flavor I'm getting. That being said, though, with most cigars, as you get closer to the end, you're you're increasing the heat um, on on the draw, and so you get a little more notes of you know uh, like a little more peppery notes. Um, I'm not tasting peppery notes in this, but the flavor has gotten a little more bold. And, and I am a, a quite a bit further along, I think, than you are. So Yeah, I would say I'm about the end of the second third. And I, I kind of understand why this is an everyday smoke. Yeah. Uh, burns really nice. Yeah. Even. Super even. Super even. Yeah. And I didn't puff on this thing for a couple minutes while talking, and it stayed lit. Yeah. Uh, you don't, you, this is not work to keep no. this thing lit no um my my comparison would be this is like a notch up above the the ones we have in in the in the u.s uh you know the the swisher sweets or you know things like that oh um, yeah definitely... this would be the a u.s equivalent of a j&m okay the yeah. yellow banded yeah. everyday smoking corona cigar uh yeah. because it's definitely much higher end than than one of those uh liquor, yeah. liquor store ones right um, and it's definitely bigger. It, it's more of a regular, yeah, it's a, uh, regular, it's a regular size cigar. Yeah, it's a Corona. I mean, uh, but it's not, you know, um, it's not, it's not a, a high end, you know, hand rolled cigar. I literally could could smoke one of these while mowing the lawn, working out in the yard, like when it's hot, and you 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 know where you got to put it down. Yeah, and come easily. back to it, and and it would stay lit. Yeah. Actually, this is probably a cigar, and and um, I don't like smoking cigars like most people do a lot of people that smoke cigars like to golf and smoke cigars i don't like to do that yeah and the reason i don't like to do that is because you have long periods of time where you put the cigar down yeah i think this one would be great on the golf course well because it stays lit so good you don't yeah. need a cutter you know you, you, it's kind of uh one of those ones that's it's low maintenance this is a yeah. low maintenance cigar it super is yeah and the other nice thing too um is i think you honestly and while well, we're talking but i think you could keep it kind of even if you and I, I don't recommend this at all, especially not golfing, but I think you could tee off with this thing in your mouth without it blowing too much smoke in your face or uh, Probably, else. definitely, yeah, probably tee off. My, my biggest uh, mistake as a newbie cigar smoker was trying to putt with one of these things in my mouth. <laughs> and uh, the smoke was getting into my eyes. and <laughs> You get that watery <laughs> eyes and your throat gets and, all parched. And, and, you know, I was trying to be cool and, yeah, that, that definitely wasn't cool. <laughs> but I think it's possible with this cigar. I don't recommend it, but I think it's, yeah, it's possible. It, it, yeah, the uh, the smoke's super mild. Yeah, it really super is. Super mild. Uh, but th yeah, this would be um, a cigar that you can do something while smoking. My, me personally, if I want to enjoy a cigar, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, so if I'm going to enjoy a cigar, I like to set aside an hour to enjoy a cigar. Oh, yeah, because you want to sit back long. and relax and really truly enjoy it. You know, not just... uh, Ryan's a little different than I am where he can enjoy a cigar that way and he can enjoy a cigar while you know mowing, mowing the lawn, lawn or, or doing golfing a, yeah or, doing yeah, things hunting even <laughs> yeah um uh, not, not my style too much but i can i can say that this this would be easy to do that with yeah you could yeah you could easily see how this this could be utilized for as a, they call them like knock around smokes yeah you know where you just you know you, you know it's they can get banged up you can leave them on the you know the workbench for 
two minutes, three minutes, and come right back to it, and it keeps going. And I'm uh, about to finish up my a little bit of my. Well, I got a little bit to go. Yeah, the, the second glass. Yeah, the the little finger pour. Um, I, I will say this: I had no ice in my glass on the second pour. Um, so I'm drinking this neat and even neat, dude. It's not overwhelming at all. It, yeah, it, it's it isn't. I mean, I I um I have no ice anymore either, but it's pretty much melted in. So it's super flavorful. I really like it. This, this is a lot more enjoyable because I've had this before. This bottle's not brand brand new. I mean, I, I had maybe uh, maybe a glass or two out of it. Yeah. And I don't remember it being this good. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe maybe matched up with a bland cigar it's kind of it's kind of shining a lot more but yeah i would like to see it without any cigar <laughs> just you know on an everyday like a you know just a normal everyday hey let me pour a little glass of whiskey i wonder if it would hold up to that um I, i'd be very interested to see it um to be fair i did start puffing on this cigar before i even took a, a, a taste of it so i think i i'm gonna want to try and taste test it with a very neutral palate at some point and see see what it you know see if it yields the the same uh flavor and and, and smoothness yeah that's it's always tough i mean uh, if you're gonna smoke a cigar and drink something um you're always going to uh contaminate your palate yeah with one or the other first yeah i mean you can't take them both in at the same yeah. time <laughs> yeah absolutely maybe i should have a glass of water to maybe clean it a little bit but yeah but in, in all honesty with the cigar it's it's you know that that smoke stays with you. It's, it yeah. does. So, um, you know, in closing, what, what do you have any uh, final thoughts? I would say if you're, if you're, yeah, um, if you're new to smoking, if you're new to drinking whiskey, and if you're uh, new to hunting, this is the perfect episode. <laughs> easy beginner smoke, easy sipping whiskey, and uh, dove hunting is probably the easiest type of hunting you'll do, aside from maybe clay shooting. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, seriously, I, I honestly believe, uh, we, we kind of unexpectedly paired these up pretty well. I mean, yeah. totally un, unknown to us. Um, but on that note, um, if you're considering hunting, um, if you've thought about it and, and you know, growing up, I mean, our dads hunted, um, uh, our grandfather hunted, um, you know, hunting's in our family, it's in our blood. Um, and, and, and you know we grew up like i said shooting it it's surprising to me that we haven't hunted sooner um but i will say this there, there's always a weird kind of hesitation of you know what's it going to be like when i take take my first animal you know what what is it mm -hmm. you know what, what's that that was experience? definitely a concern for me yeah what's a, that experience like um and i i gotta say uh dove hunting is the perfect mix of being able to shoot because you're gonna get a, a shot yeah even if it's slow you're gonna get a shot um so it's it, it's kind of like you said it's gonna reduce that that um that first jump kind of the trigger itch or whatever you might call it um you're gonna have an opportunity to actually probably get game um which is cool and and it's gonna kind of give you the experience of of what it is like to to take an animal and um, it was actually pretty interesting. One of my dad's buddies who was there hunting with us this time, um, you know, I think a lot of people might find it, I don't know if it's, it, you know, I don't know how people feel about this, but every time he would wing a dove and, and then obviously have to, to, to take the animal or dispatch the animal properly and, and quickly, um, he would always thank it, you know, or, or kind of just say, okay, you know, this is, I'm, you know, I appreciate your sacrifice mm. and, and obviously you're providing sustenance and you're providing nutrients, um, for me. And it was interesting having, you know, seeing that, um, knowing that that's my total intention as well. 
um, but actually hearing him say it and, and seeing that. And so um, it's, it's definitely interesting to think that, you know, that is how not maybe our direct ends. Well, actually, no, I know grandpa has talked about times where they had to hunt to, to put food on the table. Yes, they definitely, um, they, 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 he didn't grow up with a lot of money. Yeah, and that was and... one of the ways, you know, I've heard a lot of stories of uh, my great grandfather um, going out with three shells and having to come home with meat. Yeah, to and, feed to feed the kids. Yeah. I mean, that's that's and that the was way all they had. And, if, was and if and if he didn't get anything, they weren't eating that night. But he did get something all the time. Yeah, he did. And that, <laughs> you know, and that also, like you said, comes with experience and practice. Um, so I think the moral of this is, if if you are considering hunting, um, I would say that dove hunting is probably one of the best uh, best ways to start. My advice, if you are going to go dove hunting, is to go with someone who's been before and someone who's experienced. Um, well, with hunting, it's always about where to go. Right, right, absolutely. Where to go is very important. But like we said, you can go out literally with a license, a mm-hmm. box of shells, and and a shotgun, and 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 that's it. That's all you need. So it's it's pretty cheap. It's probably the cheapest form of hunting you can do um, in the United States. And uh, I would say that. Um, if you are going to go though, you know, it is easy. There's a lot of beginners that are out there, but I would say take someone experience. It definitely helps having someone who kind of knows a, the area, but B, you know, uh, just the little things, um, you know, yes, I, I don't want to go into detail, but, but you know, how to, how to actually dispatch the dove if you wing it or how to, you know, and to know, um, the, uh, you know, when to take a shot, you know, where, yeah. where to not shoot. Yeah. You know, if, if there's people in a certain area, yeah. You know, to teach you things like that. Those, yeah, those are very yeah. important. You know, I kept on hearing, you know, shoot. You got to shoot above the tree line. Yeah. Because you know, if you want to shoot lower, you might uh, actually pepper, uh, pepper somebody. somebody. And and you do get peppered when you're out there. Um, yes, but if if it's uh, coming from the sky, it's not nearly as bad. As no, it's, it's like getting rained on yeah. or something. Yeah. But I I got last year, not this year, but last year because it was a shoot fest. I did get peppered a few times. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's unpleasant, but it's part of the learning process too. Yeah, so. I think people kind of misunderstand hunters a little bit and going off of what what ryan was saying you know um you might one of my biggest concerns was you know how am i going to react um you know and i guess with birds you know i've i've fished before so i kind of thought like it might be a little similar yeah uh but it it is an animal and you know hunters do care about animals and we care about yeah um we care about you know our natural environment and and the animals are are very important um to, to most hunters that I know, or at least the ones that I admire, yeah. at least the ones in my family. Um, on another uh, note that I'd like to make about hunting is, you know, we mentioned our grandfather hunted. Our fathers are both brothers, and they hunted growing up. Um, and, you know, when, when they grew up, and then they have different lives. So, you know, it kind of, we, they kind of went away from it, which is the reason why uh, we started hunting so late. Uh, my dad didn't hunt when I was younger. And uh, he hunted when he was younger, when he was more, you know, teenage and... Probably our age, too, yeah. Yeah, and um, so with hunting, it's kind of like brought us together more. As a family, yeah. Yeah, Ryan's dad uh, retired and, and kind of wanted to get back into it, and then he got Ryan and myself into it, and, you know, um, I've probably seen him more these last couple years than I've seen him ever, you know? Right. Uh, and it, this is, it's really awesome. Yeah, you know, we we have something that you know we can talk about. Um, my grandfather loves it. He the, one of my favorite things to do is come back from a hunt and go to my grandpa's house and and you know tell him everything. He wants to hear everything. He wants to hear where we went. 
He wants to hear yeah. what streets we were on. Yeah. Which way we, uh, you know, we got there. Yeah. Um, he, you know, being he was a truck driver, so he, he, yeah. uh, he likes that kind of stuff. And, you know, you go into detail with that. And, you know, a lot of it uh, with my uncle just, you know, talking about different things, you know, dogs and where we're going to go and planning yeah. trips. It, this is really awesome. I'm yeah. really glad I got into it. Yeah. Well, and if, you, if you've ever hung out with our family or if you know um, our family at all, you know that, that we're big storytellers <laughs> uh, and that every story gets exaggerated more and more each time. And, and I think it's funny, um, you know, we, we heard a lot of stories about our dads uh, growing up and our grand, grandfather and a lot of our extended family and things like that. And so, um, you know, uh, Theodore and I have been close for a while um but i feel like hunting has really brought us a lot closer we have yeah, a lot more definitely. memories to share and and things that i can't wait when i when i have kids to be able to say hey you know yeah your uncle your uncle ted and i went out and we were you know hunting here and doing this and you know i was acting like an idiot and you know <laughs> he he didn't know what was going on you know just he, there's so many um great memories that you have to share and i think if if you've ever considered it considered it at all it, i i definitely say try it just just go out and um you know it's 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 an amazing experience it really is yeah i think what holds people back uh from hunting is where you know to get a fishing license you go to the store and get a fishing license right. where the hunters you have to take a hunter safety course yep and that's kind of what's held back a lot of uh, my other other family members yeah and a lot of my, our friends too that we yeah, invited and... they want to hunt okay that sounds awesome Okay, get your hunter safety course well, out of the way. I, I don't want to go down there and yeah. spend four hours it's and like, take okay, a test. You know, and... Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. But you actually have to do it. Yeah, you actually <laughs> have to go down and do it. And and honestly, it, it took me going, you know what? I uh, My dad goes, we're going on opener. And it's like, shoot, all right, now I got to find a class and let's do it. Like, I really yeah, wanted to go. but it, That's kind of what, what uh, lit the fire uh, under me was... I didn't make it to opener last year because I didn't have my license. Right. And so I kind of got it and I actually got my other cousin um, and he, he thanks me for this now. Yeah. I made him do it um, because I, he's one of the ones that would have just never did it. Yeah, he wouldn't have. And, and I, I know I, I distinctly remember coming back from opener and calling you and being like, you have to do this. We And, and I had to do it before Yeah, you have Chucker to do season. it before <laughs> Chucker and Quail opener because we got to go, man. Like it, we have to do this. It is amazing. It's it's. It's like nothing I've, you know, it's like fishing, but on steroids. It's like, it's more fun, you know, not that fishing is not fun. I love I like fishing. fishing. We, we love fishing, but, uh, but it's just, it's a total, it's another level. Um, yeah. But, uh, I, I think the moral of this entire, um, episode is, is, is try things, you know, uh, yeah. try, try a cigar. Um, if you want recommendations, you know, we're hopefully going to be doing this more often and having a different cigar. Um, we might venture even into pipe tobacco and, um, things like that. And, um, obviously if you're, you know, if you're interested in whiskey, that, that'll be great. And we do obviously want to do, um, you know, uh, cooking, barbecue, things yep. like that. Well, so, we have a lot of stuff, uh, planned. It's just a matter of, of, uh, making the time and putting it all together. But putting I think, together, yeah. um, now that we've gotten figured out how to, how to post and air the podcast and stuff. I yeah. Think it, a lot it, of, a lot of the delay was that trying to yeah, figure out how to get it out, how to host it and yeah. everything else. We but, recorded it and that, and said, uh, well now what, now what do we do? <laughs> and, and yeah, it's a lot of research and a lot of effort that goes into it, but now we've got it all figured out. Um, and so it, now literally just sitting down and recording everything. So, yeah. So for those of you that are still here, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and absolutely. This and, is, uh, uh Smoke the Podcast signing off. Yeah, episode two in the books. Can't wait to talk to you guys again. Have a good night.